0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome, Reality Ohana. And those that maybe this is your first time, just so grateful to have you join us for this digital house church season we're in. Um, just grateful we can do this, even though it is so different and weird and not ideal. God is using this season. And we're just grateful that you would spend your Sunday morning with us. Uh, if you've been with us forever or you're just new, um, just thankful for you spending your time here. And really, we're just praying that this blesses you. We're praying that God speaks to you through this whole service. Um, we are praying that the presence of the Lord is filling your homes right now, and God speaks to you through his word, and he gets all the glory from this. Um, We understand, too, that this season can feel really disconnecting and isolating uh, with just where we're at, and we want to make sure that you are plugged in as much as you can to the life of the church. And so outside of Sunday morning, uh, we announce this all the time, but we do have other things going on, and in the coming months... hopefully that that we add to that and we can get back to, to meeting and gathering and and all that um should have some more updates on that fairly soon i'm encouraged by some things god is doing for us uh potentially regathering in the next few months and so in person so be looking out for those uh, announcements and updates in the next few weeks, probably. But we want to make sure that you know that we have a Tuesday night prayer meeting. We have Ohana groups Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Those are small groups that either meet Zoom or safely in person that uh, really are designed to see God move in our midst through relationships, to connect us, to care for one another, and to grow in relationship with Christ. And so outside of this right now that you're watching, um, if you are a part of reality, if you want to, if you want to know more, uh, our website, realityhonolulu.com, is the best place to find out everything going on. Um, If you've been with us, you know that uh, now after our our first set of worship that, that hopefully prepared our hearts for our time in the Word, what we do is we open up the Word of God and so and look into it and allow God to speak to us through it. And so if you have a Bible, please open with me to Acts chapter 13. Um, I want to actually read just the, the verse before, so Acts 12, 25. And we're only going to go a few verses into Acts 13. So Acts 13, uh, just 1 through 3 just a little bit, sometimes we do a lot, some, some weeks we do a little bit, and just trying to uh, ask the Lord where he would have us, and uh, to not go too fast, and just to dig in and allow God to speak to us, and so um, if you've been with us, the book of Acts has been such a guide and such a comfort uh, this whole year. We started in January, we've been in it for nine months, uh, we're going to be in it a while longer, obviously, we're in chapter 13, and there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, but um, I'd love if you could grab a Bible um, or open your Bible app. I'll even let you gather it real quick um, and turn to Acts 13. And again, just going to be reading verses 25 of, of the previous chapter through 13.3. So here's the word of God, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and pray for our time. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission... They returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit, said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work uh, for the work to which I have called them so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them and they sent them off this is the word of the Lord let's pray God thank you so much for your word We believe that what we just read was God-breathed and God-inspired. And as that very servant Paul that we're reading about penned in his letter to Timothy, we believe that the word of God is profitable. And it's useful for teaching us and correcting us and and rebuking us and, and training us in righteousness so that every man and woman would be adequately equipped To live and to serve our God. And God, if there's ever a time that we need to know your word, it's now as we're bombarded with just so much information in the world and there's so many things happening and different opinions and different things going on, we really need to have your word implanted on the tablet of our heart, written on the tablet of our heart. We need to know it and live by it and hold on to it. And so God, once again, through the book of Acts, would you teach us, would you show us what it is that you want us to get from it? Whether this is in our, or listening in our living rooms or offices or in a park, whatever wherever we are, watching this. I pray you'd meet us where we're at. Thank you that you're intimately acquainted with all our ways. You know what we're worried about right now. You know what we're thinking about. You know what's in store for us tomorrow, because you're God, and we can trust that you have good things in store for us. And so, God, today, we ask that we just want to receive what you have. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I don't know if you're like me or how long you've been a Christian, if you are a Christian, or how much you've dug in and studied the Word of God, but as I just prayed, I've just been so reminded this season specifically of the importance uh, of reading our Bibles, knowing what the Word of God says. And even as we dig into Acts today, I'm reminded that um, how we need to know it, how we need to to dig in for ourselves, like we're going to see in a few chapters, like the Bereans. They didn't just kind of take Paul's word for it. They dug into the scriptures themselves and they knew the word of God in such a way that they were able to filter the world around them. And I just want to encourage you, um, we have some resources on the website. We actually did a class a few months ago, How to Read Your Bible Better. It was a crash course into um, just lighting a flame to Bible interpretation and correct Bible interpretation and kind of how to approach the Bible. And so please go on our website and check that out. But uh, without further ado, we'll, we'll talk about Acts a bit. But I just want to Um, In the midst of all that's going on, like I cannot stress enough that we should be a people of the word and know what God's word says uh, to help us navigate the world around us. But as we see here in the book of Acts, what's happening is and and where we pick up is back in the church in Antioch. And if you remember the last few weeks, we've kind of seen this. And why Antioch, the church in Antioch, is such a big deal, it's because it's the very first church that has Jews and Gentiles worshiping together. The gospel has just recently reached non-Jews in that region. Uh, It's a very big deal, and the gospel is spreading, and now... The gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, this newly formed community, is breaking all the rules, all the stereotypes, all the cultural, religious norms of that time. Um, They're breaking, and, and there is unity in their diversity, and this church in Antioch is such a beautiful picture of God's intention, right, as the church. That the church is a people gathered around a person, and that person being Jesus. And what we saw in Acts chapter 11, we studied the, the church in Antioch a bit more, is that um, you know Paul and Barnabas, uh, excuse me, Paul and Barnabas, which we see here today. Uh, they, they train, they equip, they disciple this church in the way of Jesus, much like we do at a church, right? We learn about who God is and who Christ is and His Word and how we should live into that. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become more like Jesus. And so this is happening here in Antioch. And what happens is this very diverse group of people that are breaking all the rules by gathering together because they just, this isn't normal. Why are you gathering? Why are Jews and Gentiles gathering? Why are different ethnicities gathering? Why are different races gathering? What do you have in common? And, that per- and what's in common is Jesus. They are unified around the person of Jesus. They're learning about Jesus. And they're, becoming, and they're changing. They're becoming more like him. And people in Antioch are are, are seeing them change. They're seeing them talk about Jesus. And that's where, for the very first time, these followers of Jesus are called Christians. This this, This diverse community is following and living into the teachings of Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. And so they see this and they're like you are you're becoming little christs you're 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 bearing the image of christ i.e. christians And so what uh, our our story does is, if you remember at the the end of chapter 11, is there was a need for the church in Jerusalem, and so the church in Antioch gave uh, money and resources to to Paul and Barnabas. They went back to Jerusalem uh, on this mission. They they tended, they cared for the church there. Now they're coming back to Antioch, and they've returned. They've returned with uh, another person, John, Another one of the followers of Jesus and the leaders in the church, and what happens is we get to see even more what has developed in the church in Antioch. And so, verse one describes some of the prophets, the teachers, or or the church leadership. And if we were to dig into who uh, these people were, we would see that they were very much a diverse group of leadership. Uh, the the what, if you want to call them elders or prophets or pastors or teacher or shepherds or apostles in that church in Antioch. Again, it's new. It's only a couple years old. Um, but it's made up of the people that are going to that church. And, and they're diverse in culture and race and ethnicity. But once again, what's unifying them, what's bringing them together is the gospel, is the good news of Jesus Christ. But what we see is this beautiful expression of what God's done. Even though Paul and Barnabas, you know, they've trained them and they've equipped them a bit. They've left for some time. They've come back. And this church is still following Jesus. They're still going hard after him. They're still uh, seeking him. They're still at his feet. And they're continuing to be a community here. And what happens is, is we see here in verse 2, we see some practices that are taking place that are very uh, reminiscent of the church in Jerusalem, right? The early church, the the start of the church, just chapters before, just a bit of time before when Pentecost fell in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, right? Believers in Jerusalem, Jewish believers filled with the Holy Spirit, What do we we see that they did? What what are the, the basic things they did? They prayed, they worshiped, they fasted, they shared needs with one another, right? We saw the blueprints of the church in Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4. And so once again, here in Antioch, with this very different community, this very diverse, different community, but once again, This community that's following Jesus, what do they do? What's what's a part of their normal rhythms as a church, as a people? We see here it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. While they were worshiping, right, while they were exalting the name of Jesus together, what we just did and what we'll do after the sermon right now is that a key component of the church was worship. That's like for us, um, we, want, we love to worship and we think there's value in worshiping um, before we get into the word to prepare our hearts. And then second set of worship for us is a way of response in worship to what God just spoke to us through his word. And I can't wait till we can do that in person Together with our voices, with, uh, you know, the sound system on and whether that's outside or in a room, I cannot wait for that. But once again, I, I don't want you to miss out on like what we just did or time in the car or, or you know, putting on um, some songs at home. Like that is worship. It doesn't have to be in the same setting. Like worship is, is the people of God praising the person of God. For who he is and what he's done. And so we see that here taking place in the church at Antioch. And, and, and fasting is connected with prayer, right? Fasting is abstaining from whether that's food or some, something that would feed your flesh, something temporal. It would, it would be abstaining from that and it would be filling that time or giving the attention you would give that thing, you, you give it to God. You're, you're desperate, you're dependent upon God. Um, when we fast, we actually are turning away from the things of the world or the things that feed our flesh and we're, and we're setting apart that time to God. And so if you see here, what's happening is they're worshiping, they're praying, they're fasting. Uh, the church in Antioch, Paul and Barnabas, these leaders in the church. And it says, "While the holy while they were worshiping, the Lord and while they were fasting, the holy spirit said." Okay. Okay. So depending on your upbringing, depending on y- maybe your denomination, depending on how long you've been a Christian, how much you know God's word, We're all going to be different on this, and sometimes we can have, um, you know, it has been abused when people just say, oh, the Holy Spirit told me, right? Not necessarily God's word, but the Holy Spirit told me this, that, and the other, or God told me, and we all know that sometimes the whole God told me card can be abused, since some of us are weary of that. Wait a second, if it's not directly in the word of God, when it says the Holy Spirit said, what is that meaning? What do you mean by that? And some of you, I know, um, grew up very differently. Like even right now, you're like, no, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. What are you talking about? God speaks to me all the time. Uh, maybe more of a charismatic background or, or whatever it is. We all have a different place when, it, when, when, we, when we get this idea of the Holy Spirit speaking and leading. And what happens is, as is, is we see here, though, is that while they're worshiping, while they're in the presence of God, while they're in prayer, while they're fasting, while they're seeking God, whatever that may look like, right? We don't know if that's with just them uh, alone. Is this a large gathering? Is this a small gathering? Where are they? That, that's not the point. The point is these people are seeking Jesus. They're spending time with the Lord. They're seeking the Lord. They're following the Lord. They're they're really trying to endeavor to live for and honor Christ with their life. And as they're doing it, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. And I do believe that a proper look and interpretation of Scripture, a a look at the narrative and specific uh, Scripture would, would be very clear, especially the book of Acts, when we see the Holy Spirit first come upon the church and really lead His church. The Holy Spirit speaks. God speaks to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And again, once again, we always need to measure everything we think we hear or we think we know to the word of God. The Holy Spirit or God speaking to us isn't going to contradict his word or something else he said in it. That's why it's so important that we know the word of God, that it's our plumb line, that it's our lie detector test, that that we know it so well so that we can put what we think we heard from God up against it. it. It's a measuring tool. Obviously, when we hear anything from the Lord too, it's always healthy to involve others that know us and love us uh, in community, um, right? There's wisdom and counsel. And so but, but what I want to do is I want us to really know and understand and grow in being attentive to hear the Holy Spirit's voice in our own life. And once again, we're all in different spots. Maybe you don't even really know too much who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates and how do you even do that. And, and that's okay. That's, that's a part of growing in Christ and learning as time goes on and, and um, you know, practicing being in the presence of the Lord and, and seeking him and engaging in prayer and worship. But the salient point here is that God, I believe we see it in Scripture right now, is that God speaks through His Holy Spirit to His people. God speaks to us. And what we see here is that there was specific things that the Holy Spirit told the believers there. It said the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So once again, is that contrary to the word of God? By no mean. Jesus had just said chapters earlier that you were gonna be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Like I'm gonna, I've called you, I've enabled you, I've empowered you to do these things. Now some specifics get laid out, right? The timing is now, go, walk in that. I've called you to that thing. And so we see here that the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the truth of the word of God, is leading and speaking and calling and sending his people into mission. I I know we're looking at, at a historic narrative right now. Like, this isn't us right now. This is a different time, a different culture, and a different people. But this point, this idea is for us also. We're also God's people. We also, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, he rose again, you've asked for forgiveness, he's forgiven you, like you're a Christian, right? You're saved. At that moment, the Holy Spirit fills you up and so you and I, Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, just like Paul, just like Barnabas, just like the church in Antioch here. And the Holy Spirit, in the same way, wants to speak to us. But again, our mission our callings, our settings, our context are obviously going to be different than here in Acts. And my calling, my, the things that God wants to show me and lead me into and the ways in which God wants to use me is going to be different than how he wants to do that with you. But, but all of us are children of God. All of us that are Christians have the Holy Spirit. All of us have that same mission to see the word of God go forth to the ends of the earth, that, that everyone would, would know the love and the truth of who Jesus is. What I want us to, to really see here is that God speaks, and I believe wants to speak to us in very specific ways. Like, don't get me wrong, like, this is the starting point, this is grounding, like, Like, be grounded and rooted in God's word. You'll find his will in there. But also, right, there's a lot that's left out. Like about the job you're praying about. Should I quit my job and start that new one? Should I move there or not? How should I school my kids? Like, these decisions we have in life, things come up in life, and they're not in here. Oh, no. Does that mean God doesn't want to speak to us still? No. Does that mean God doesn't want to lead me and speak to me and show me and call me and send me? No, he absolutely does. He has not left us hanging. He's intimately acquainted with all our ways. And to be honest, I feel like my whole life, uh, ever since I got saved, has been a testimony of this. Um, I, I think if I just walk through the big decisions, the stages, whether that's you know, uh, marriage and kids and uh, becoming a pastor and starting a church and all these really big things, like the big things in life that you pray about, you think about. Again, I know what God's word says about those things, but I don't know the specifics. Should I? Is it now? Is the timing? And I will a hundred percent testify that God is very gracious to speak to his kids. Like, I'm a child of God, just like you are. God loves me, just like he loves you. He's my father, just like he's your father. And he's invited me, just like he's invited you, into his mission of his kingdom going forth. And it hasn't always been like an audible voice or uh, writing on the wall. God, has sp- God speaks in, in, as most, a lot of you know, God speaks in really profound ways. It's a person, it's an answered prayer, um, in a lot of different ways. Visions, dreams, all that. It's all good, all biblical. Do we get it wrong? Absolutely. Do we sometimes mess up and hear God wrong? Absolutely. Should that stop us, though, from taking steps of faith? and? No. That's where the trouble gets in. It's okay to fall. It's okay to hear God wrong. God has a lot of grace for that. He can, make, he, can, he can fix our mistakes. But what I want to do is I want to encourage you as a form of testimony. When I read this about Paul and Barnabas and God speaking to them and calling them, I can so relate. Because there's been times in my life, many times, that God, through His Holy Spirit, has spoken to me. And called me and sent me. I mean, that's why I'm here. That's that's literally why you're hearing me right now is because God has spoken to me in a very similar way like he did Paul and Barnabas. I mean, there's been times, there's there's been bookmarks where I can think back. When I was 14, I got saved when I was 13. When I was 14, I was, you know, little Grom, like, hanging out at church, running around eating the donut or whatever. And uh, I remember standing with my mom, and I remember this guy I had never seen before, and I haven't seen since. And he, he just walked up to me, and he said, so this is when I was 14. I'm 35 now, so quite a while ago. And he said, hi, what's your name? I said, I'm, I'm Ryan. I didn't have the nickname Riz yet. That came like two years later. Uh, might be weird for you, but, uh, but he said, I said, I'm Ryan. He's like, oh. I don't even remember his name, but he said, hey, I feel like God wants, I feel like God is calling you to be a pastor, but he's giving the option to you if you, if you want to do that or not. But God is calling you to be a pastor. And literally, he walks away. I remember it so vividly, because I was like, I don't know, 14, just got saved, didn't know what's happening, and it was just so strange and so weird. But then... You know, I had others in the church at that time said, oh, well, similar things. And then one day, I was 21, going to, sc- going to college, um, working, trying to figure out what to do. And I got asked the question, I was doing youth ministry at the time, and I got asked the question, um, will you be the youth pastor? Will you do junior high and you know, middle school and high school ministry here at the church. And I was, I was literally just doing the games for the youth group. I, I was a youth leader, and I would just make it fun, and uh, I would just make sure kids were welcomed and had fun, and er, pe- other people would do other things. But I was like, wait, I'm just the game guy. Really? And at that moment, though, what did I remember? When I was 21 and I was asked that question, what did I remember? I remember seven years earlier That random person, which I believe through the Holy Spirit, said, God's calling you to be the pastor and you can choose if you want to or not. And seven years later, that very thing happened. Again, was it in the way that I thought, the timing that I thought? No, 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 not at all. But that's God. But he speaks and I wrestled. I actually really wrestled, even though I had heard that I was a little bit caught up with, like, career, what am I going to do, and what I'm pursuing, and i got to give up school. And I remember wrestling with the Lord. I remember literally what they were doing, worshiping and fasting and, um, and praying and ask others to pray. And I was wrestling with God for weeks. And then finally I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke. Without, without, a, without a shadow of a doubt, I knew I was supposed to be a pastor, and I jumped right in, and and now I'm here. What, 14, 15 years later, Um, and it's because God speaks. God speaks to us. God calls us. God sends us, and we see that testimony here in Acts, I could testify of a million more ways that I believe the Holy Spirit leads his people, right? In conjunction, in line with God's word. And so church, I know that we're in this weird season. I get it. Um, It's hard, it's confusing, it's frustrating. I mean, you name the gamut of emotions, right? We've We've all felt it. And sometimes reading, you know, a section like this can be like, what do you mean? Like, am I supposed to pray that God would like call me away to some different place and move? And not necessarily, but I, what I want to do is I want us to cultivate and know and learn and grow in being attentive to the Holy Spirit's leading. I want us to spend more time in God's presence, worshiping and praying and fasting and just being willing to hear what God has to say and and i know that for some of us like all of our lives are differently different right now in our time and our life stage and our community but please do not neglect seeking god's will for your life again i could tell you like god's will is is just your word just his word which is true but also there's specifics there's specific things that god wants to do through you And in your family, and in your marriage, with your kids, with your friends, like God wants to use you and I for his glory and for the furthering of his kingdom. Guys, it's no different. It doesn't mean God's going to call you away. It doesn't mean that, but we should be open to it. It doesn't mean that God wants you to change your job, or do this, or do that, or don't do that. Like, But we should be open because remember who we're asking. It's our good, good Father. It's our Heavenly Father who cares for us better than anyone would care. Who knows how we're made, knows our giftings, knows our passions, knows how He's wired us. Wants to use all of us in the ways that we're wired for His glory. Guys, let's not get stagnant this season. But let's practice listening and hearing and stepping out in faith when we think maybe god's saying do that or not do that as much as it makes sense or doesn't make sense let's just be a people that not only are here, are, are waiting and listening and seeking god but also listening and hearing and obeying and stepping out in faith and please remember as scary as that sounds maybe as uncertain as that sounds, that God is a God that carries his people, that provides for his people, that is with his people. He's not going to lead us astray. He's going to lead us to green pastures. Even though sometimes we feel like we're in the valley, of the shadow of death, he wants to lead us and carry us to green pastures. He has good things in store for us. Might not always be fun. Might not be easy. Might be challenging. Might take sacrifice. God is always worth it. His will is better than our will. His ways are better than our ways. What happens in our story today, they hear that, and immediately it says So after they fasted and prayed, after they heard what the Holy Spirit said, verse 3, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. The idea of laying on hands is like a commissioning. You've heard from the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit in you. God says, go there. We as a church are going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you and ask God to be with you and to send you out for his glory and his namesake. Church, in the same way, even though we can't be together, and I want us to pray, God, what do you have for me this season? Not when COVID ends, but right now. What do you have for me? Speak to me. Show me. And give me a willing, obedient heart. Church, in the midst of all that's going on, I, I pray that God's word today would lovingly challenge, it, challenge us to not be stagnant, to not be complacent, to not just wake up Monday and then do Tuesday and Wednesday and then like, just hold out for the weekend and like, maybe catch church and then like, kind of catch up with the family and friends. And I re- feel like we really need to be proactive to seek God, to ask God, God, who do you want me to speak to and love on and care for? And what do you have for me? Um, Let's not get stagnant and complacent this season, but let's be attentive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Church, as we enter into this time of worship, I know it's different. I know it might be hard depending on your environment right now, But please try to engage right now. Don't just watch the screen as as you do uh, a show or a movie or whatever it is. But engage in worshiping and praising our God together. I pray that the Holy Spirit fills your home, that you actually experience the tangible presence of the Lord. If you're with someone during this, um, whether you're safely you know, house church or family or roommate or whatever it is. um, This would be a perfect time to ask each other for prayer. If you have kids, talk to your kids right now about this. What does that mean to be, uh, to listen and be called and the Holy Spirit speaks? And even if you don't have all the answers, maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing to be like, okay, let's dig in a little bit more or let's practice that or let's think about that as a family. What is maybe it's gathering your family and saying, Uh, what does God have for us? How does he want us to love our neighbors right now? How does he want us to love your friends at at school, even if it's Zoom or whatever it is? You know what I mean? Let's make the most of this time, whether it's worshiping, praying. um, And as always, if we were together, we would be taking communion together. We would have it out and uh, we would take communion together. We're not together, but I want to encourage you to build it into your time of worship every Sunday. Um, Communion is is literally just remembering the cross, the sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross. And taking communion was also a rhythm, a huge part of the early church and should be a huge part for us. And so, as always, we want to encourage you, if you have anything like bread or crackers or juice or wine, to be able to take those together in your home, whether it's alone, with your family, with a roommate, whatever it is to be reminded as you take the bread and you eat it and as you take the juice or whatever you have to remember that that is his body that was broken and his blood that was spilt. And what it does is it fix our eyes upon Jesus and and, and we well up in gratitude and thankfulness as we're worshiping God, as we take communion. So I just wanna encourage you to do those things. Instead of just sitting back or tuning out right now to take full advantage of worshiping our God where you're at. Let me pray for our time and uh, I'll see you next week. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you speak to us. God, we thank you for your word that reminds us that you are not absent from us, but you are with us. And you want to use us for your glory, for your namesake. And God, I pray for those maybe here that maybe have had a different experience or are weary or just haven't heard you speak in maybe some of the ways that I shared. I pray that there wouldn't be a comparison or, oh, I wish I did that. But I just pray that you would be God to them. I just pray you'd meet them where they're at. They wouldn't be discouraged by this, but they would actually just be encouraged that you want to speak to them. You want to cultivate this relationship with them even more. And so, Holy Spirit, would you you speak to us? Would you you show us the way in which you want to go? Would you lead us and call us and send us into the mission of God, wherever that may be, just like you did here in Acts? We love you, God. We pray that you would anoint this time of worship and prayer and communion. You get all the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.